Hello and welcome to Pop Culture Hangfire with Christian and Gabriel. The podcast where Gabe and I visit 1980s year by year and we talk about what was happening in pop culture. The year, 1984. Geneticist Alec Jeffries invented DNA fingerprinting after he realized that you could have, you could detect variations in human DNA in the form of mini-satellites. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles make their first appearance in a comic book magazine. Department of Health and Human Services Secretary Margaret Heckler announced that the National Cancer Institute's Dr. Robert Gallo and his colleagues found the cause of AIDS. Crack cocaine showed up in Los Angeles. So that's a hell of a year, dude, for uh, to find the cause of AIDS and to have crack cocaine and potentially maybe the two connected. I don't know. I'm just saying. I'm not. I'm not saying that uh, they're connected. I'm just saying you've never seen them both in the same room. At the same this is cool. Like I said, like Ninja Turtles, man. That was a that was that comic is is so cool to go back to and and revisit. But yeah, these are these are very good events that happened that year. Uh, births: Scarlett Johansson, American actress and singer, which she actually is a very good singer. She did a, a couple albums with um, Pete Yorn that are pretty good. I don't know if I've heard her sing. Yeah, she's actually a pretty good singer. I uh, I will say I'm not the biggest fan of her of her acting but i think that i think that she uh she is an actress i'm glad you agree i agree that she's an american actress <laughs> alan richson uh american actor model and singer question mark i did not know this about him this is mr reacher himself well, you know what yeah. how did, how he does I... have a nice voice i would believe he could sing how did I, uh, what movie was he in that he sang? Now I got a singing. Okay. What do we got here? Had, Why does it say his genre is dance electronic? He has a song called The Mojito, apparently. Okay. Uh, let's see. Is it, is it dance electronic? We're about to find out, Gabe. This is eight years ago, by the way. I mean, it looks electronic so, so far. Very matrixy. Hey, Captain America there. Drink that I'll drink that's mojito. It tastes so good. You're drinking fast. I guarantee 
I don't know how I feel about this. So I found an article from last year that mentioned American Idol. Oh, okay. Uh, there's also here him singing Blackbird cover. Yeah, there's a clip here of him on um, American Idol singing to... You are the sunshine of my life. Ooh. That's why I always stay around. 20 years old. You are the apple of my eye. Oh. Forever you... Wow. Okay, so he had a life before this. I mean, there's even him doing like the Star Spangled Banner, which is, you know... That's a scary song to try to sing. Yeah, no, apparently he really likes singing. Uh, the, the little bit here in the article says, although Richson did not win American Idol, his time in the competitive singing series did seem to help him along in his journey beca- to become a star. In fact, in an interview with Parade earlier this year, this article's from last year, he noted that his time as a contestant brought him to Los Angeles for the first time and ultimately helped him get auditions, which led to a career in acting. That said, Richson hasn't forgotten about his passion for singing, he even noted that he has enjoyed acting experiences in which he has been able to sing on screen. Interesting. Yeah. Well, look at that. That man just... Wow. Okay. And you know what? I just recently rewatched Reacher. When my brother was, yeah. in, when my brother was in town, I got him into it. And he, he like binged it in like three days. So it was fun to watch it again. And I read an article where he somehow will be bigger for season two. Oh, my God. <laughs> I know, exactly. What are they going to do to that, man? <laughs> Force feed him chicken. Jesus. Okay. Uh, Katy Perry, born in 1984, American singer and television judge, apparently. Is she uh, American Idol or is she the voice? Ooh. But anyway, doesn't matter. Um, you I don't know. know. The only thing I saw recently about her that was funny was that she, she mentioned a uh, missed opportunity of not uh, working with Billie Eilish. Oh, wow. I guess like someone brought it to her attention early on when like her first song blew up. On SoundCloud or whatever, mm-hmm. and she was like, "Man, pass." Oh like, wow, that was a mistake. <laughs> I mean, she also did a song with Snoop. I think she's doing all right. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. I mean, she just, you know. Yeah, no, no. I imagine, yeah. It's. I, I mean, how many of those things come across your desk when you're th- that caliber of of performer, and you're just like, ah, I can't do everything, right? I imagine someone that gets as big as Billie Eilish. Yeah, I imagine a lot do, right? I mean, I'm sure Paula Abdul wasn't wasn't thinking to herself. Hey, this guy, you know, he might be, uh, he might do well in, in television someday, obviously. Right. Uh, Mark Zuckerberg, American software engineer. The Zuck. And famous robot. And famous robot. And for famous first AI robot. <laughs> Only successful implementation you know, so far. You know, it's funny. Um, and I think, I think I've said this before, but it's one of those things where like, get mad at Facebook all you want, but you could just stop using it. Like you could just not, you know, 
I uh, I I was a I I'm I'm uh, I use WhatsApp a lot, and I know now it's connected with that. But I'm like, yeah, but I could also go to Telegram. I could also go to Viber. I could also go to these other many apps. I'm like, yeah, I don't want to. Like, uh, I'm okay with it so far. Well, I mean, I mean, WhatsApp too was sort of like they just bought WhatsApp. Didn't yeah. They? To be fair, like it's not you, like you know what I found out on WhatsApp. You could do you can do updates. There's a you know how like uh, Instagram has stories. Yeah. There, I noticed that, like, uh, my brother. Similar, huh? My brother said that you could do, uh, you could post an update, and when you go to WhatsApp, you'll see a green circle around the person's um, icon, and if you click on it, it shows you a, a, like a short story of whatever they wanted to post on there. I like interesting. Uh, yeah, I was like, why didn't they? Uh, it's like a status, almost like a status, I should say. I thought that was, I thought that was interesting. I'm like, look at them go. Okay. I mean, they're they're trying to make some kind of unity cross platform, I think with the experience with the various things you can, you know, cause famously they do Instagram as well. Yeah. Um, the, uh, I don't think about Zuckerberg often, but I always do when I see sweet baby rays and I was at Costco yesterday and they had multi-packs of it. And I was like, man, I bet, I bet Zuck's getting a few of these. Wait, I don't get it. Oh, he's like the sweet baby rays barbecue sauce. You got to look up a, a videos of him with that. Oh, he likes you don't it? know that. No. He's like really weird about it. It's like the joke is that like if he's an AI, like he's he's like ah humans like this, like oh, he's more human. Oh no, and like it's like in the background of like video he had like on a shelf in a video call, and like it was in his metaverse thing, and he just like whenever he like does his videos where he's out barbecuing in the backyard of like the you know place where he lives where there's no other human beings around because I think they bought all the property around. Smart. He's like using sweet baby. It's just like a weird fascination of this one. Look, it's the so man likes funny. a brand and he sticks to it. What's wrong with that? Yeah, but it's like it's like such a, like a, a, a weird dispassionately and passionate thing at the same. It's like someone mimicking that they're interested in the thing because like he's because of his mannerisms. It's funny. No, I'm gonna have to look that up. Yeah. Is is there a is there a conspiracy theory behind it? I think there is. I mean, I mean, again, it's the. I think it's just tied into the greater conspiracy theory that he's an, a robot, though. Okay. Uh, our last birth for this episode is going to be America Ferreira. I am a fan of her work, dude. I loved Ugly Betty, and her portrayal of Ugly Betty was hilarious, and it was really well done. And then I was a huge fan of Superstore. And I mean, just those two shows alone, I think, is like 15 years of her life and 15 years of of a career. Uh, that's good for her. I like her, though. I mean, she got her start with like, um, you know, like the brotherhood or the sisterhood of traveling pants. And she was like a, an, a Latino indie actress and that moved her way and did the crossover to America, to the English market. Uh, but I think she's wonderful. And she's produced a bunch of things, too. Like uh, she's a smart businesswoman. Moving on to deaths. This is a big one. American singer Marvin Gaye passed away. Uh, 45 years old. He died in a very interesting way. There was a fight between his parents um, and he tried to stop the fight. And I guess the father shot him point blank. His father shot him while he was trying to stop them from fighting uh, his, his parents from fighting. Isn't that insane? That's, that is wild. It's so crazy. Like of all the ways you can go in a, especially in such a high profile, you know, for a performer of that caliber. Yeah, yeah, no. I mean, look, uh, I think his greatest, most well-known song is Heard It Through the Grapevine. Uh, I think it's like one of those most successful 
uh, records from the 1960s. His album, though, What's Going On, is near perfection. That is a phenomenal album. The man was amazing. But yeah, died in 84. The second one, which I was very interested to see because I, I, I grew up, I don't want to say I grew up with watching these, but I was a big fan of watching these growing up. Once I found them, I'm one of those people that goes down the rabbit hole, and I think I've been doing it my entire life, apparently. So, Mexican wrestler El Santo, which is the um, the saint, he was the one that would wear the silver mask in the Mexican wrestlers, right? He goes back to the 1940s, 1930s wrestling. But, uh, but yeah, his, his wrestling career, dude, was probably five decades from the 1930s to the 1980s. Like, that dude died at 66, I want to say. No, no, I'm sorry, 64. But he stopped his persona around 62. Um, but what made him more, um, more famous was the influence that he had through the Lucha films, right? The, the wrestling films that they made. Um, and it was basically, and, and he also had a, like a comic strip from back in the day. But he became like a folk hero who would like fight justice. He was like, you know, the Phantom. He was like Dick Tracy. He was a little bit of everything. Um, but And he would fight for justice, right? Uh, he co-starred in about 54 films between 1958 and 1982. So he was, Prolific. So he's a wrestler. He's well known between the 30s and the 50s. And then in the 50s, he starts doing black and white films to, the, to color films. And wow. in 30 years, this dude knocks out 54 films. But now, these were like very much, I'll tell you this much, like he fought Frankenstein, he fought Dracula, he fought the mummy, he fought... So, somebody's got to. Aliens, yeah. Like So he, they, they were very much um, mimicking and mirroring a lot of the American 1940s, 50s films. Except, this is what I loved about, about these movies, man. And, and I, I, even, I, even, I even had a mask... And I, and I was going to dress up for Halloween ones because what, what I found interesting was that they were wrestlers. In the movies, they're wrestlers. Except that when they're done wrestling, they're also detectives or people who, who, who saved other people. But they never took off their masks. So when they would be done wrestling, they would put on their suits and they would just rock a mask. And they would drive cars. They would go to dinners. They would go to everything. But it was like, oh, hey, it's El Santos over there having lunch, eating a sandwich with his mask on. That's just... They never took them off. And yeah, even so people know your secret identity. And even him, dude, he never I think towards the end of his career, he did like take off his mask once for like a, a TV show. But he kept that uh, that persona like his entire career and his entire life, to be honest with you. But yeah, I remember watching like those movies, dude, and they would they would he would fight aliens. He would fight other wrestlers who were bad guys. My favorites, though, because my favorite wrestler was Blue Demon. Which again, look, you say Blue Demon because of the pronunciation, but it's really Blue Demon. But you never call them Blue Demon; you just call them Blue Demon. He was my favorite. I always thought he was the coolest. And these guys had like capes and everything, dude. It was amazing. So anyway, he, they they did like five films where they teamed up. You know, El Santo y Blue Demon. You know, contra el Doctor Frankenstein. Um, you know, it, it was it was fantastic, dude. I used to love watching those movies, and uh, they made. No sense whatsoever, but they were they were awesome. Didn't Be have to because when they got into the fights, they would <laughs> their action scenes were 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 wrestling matches against yeah, the bad yeah. guys with guns. <laughs> I'm glad the aliens and Frankenstein obliged. <laughs> it was amazing, dude. 
<laughs> I, uh, I, I, as a, I think I'll, I'll try to find one that, that you can just have playing in the background. You're just going to be like, what the hell is going on here? They're amazing. That's great. Uh, speaking of movies, though, let's go into 1984 films. And we'll start with one that I think because it's, you know, because of the franchise, Nightmare on Elm Street, the first one, written and directed by Wes Craven. Wes Craven will be the person that in the 90s brings us the Scream franchise. Um, and then he also directed like The Last House on the Left, the original, The Hills Have Eyes, the original, and The People Under the Stairs in the early 90s. And he also did um, Swamp Thing, the 1982 movie. So it stars Robert England as uh, Freddy and Johnny Depp as Glenn Lance, Johnny Depp's first uh, movie role. Oh. Yeah, he's the guy that makes it all the way to the end. Uh, $1.8 million to make, $25 million gross. Not bad. It's pretty good. That's like $50 million nowadays. Yeah. And you've seen this film, right? Or uh, I don't think I have. The original? No? I, did not, I did not watch a lot of uh, horror movies, no matter how campy, growing up. But growing up, but as an adult, you never... You're like, nah, Fred, and I, I never it. went back. I, okay. I, I mean, the genre is not something I'm particularly interested in now. Yeah, now now they're the movies. They're it's like more usually gore. It's like a gore. Yeah, thing. now it's 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 gore and it's uh and it's scare. Yeah, jump scares. Yeah, jump scares. Thank you. But back then it was it didn't a, used to be that. way. It didn't used to be that way. It was definitely storytelling. And what they did in these other films is that they built that character up, so that you started to anticipate his eventual reveal. So a lot of the the things that happened leading up to seeing him or or seeing what he did uh, was was what you were actually looking at, as opposed to when you finally saw him, you're like, oh, it's not that bad. <laughs> yeah, as opposed to immediately shoving him in your face. Yes, exactly, with a really light, you know, high volume. That, um, that reminds me more of a uh, um, signs. Like the methodology and yes, because I've so, seen signs and like the whole like the idea that they built up like regardless of what you think of the reveal, the fact that they built it up over the course of like you know two thirds or whatever of that movie before you ever really saw anything. That was a really good movie too. Signs was I, really I mean, well the, done. The the filmmaking was great. Yeah. I think that might be that might be the only M Night movie that I've that I've actually seen in its entirety. Really? So you skipped uh, Six Sense. Yeah, again, that was in. I mean, I never went back, and that was it. That was before I was able and, to just go see those kind of movies. And you didn't do Unbreakable, Split, or uh, Mr. No, Glass? again, like I mean, you got to go back, right? If you're going to start watching, because those are all they're all connected. And Signs, I was just yeah, I just saw, you know. Okay, no, that, that that's a good one to watch. It was before. It was a good one. It was before the twist got out of hand. It was before the decline of the twist. <laughs> yeah, before the twist turned into a straight line. Yep. <laughs> um. Another big movie that comes out in, in 1984, and I mean, there's not much to say about it. It's Ghostbusters, the first one. I have seen that. You know, like, I've seen it multiple times. Um, saw part two, saw Afterlife. I even saw the all-female cat. I mean, I'm a fan. I The cartoons, the three iterations of the cartoons that have happened. I've got a, I've got a Ghostbuster poster. I mean... I had like a Ghostbuster watch or something. Oh, as a kid, like with the flip up, I had something. I remember having it as a kid, which is funny because I had not seen it at that point. It was probably a gift from a relative. 
So you watched this as a teen, late teens, or was this still under your mother's supervision? I I think I watched it as an adult. Because that movie is technically not scary. It's not raunchy. No. Well, it's a little raunchy, right? It's got a little the, bit. Yeah. I mean, Sigourney Weaver looks amazing in that, too. But yeah, no, a uh, fantastic movie. Like, nothing nothing you can say about it that's bad, right? No, um, no, that's a, it's a classic. Speaking of classics, by the way, Beverly Hills Cop comes out in 1984. Street smart Detroit cop visits Beverly Hills, California, to solve the murder of his best friend. Starring Eddie Murphy's first big screen debut. He, he had already been doing television, obviously. Co-starring Judge Reinhold. What do you think the budget of this film was? Ooh. Remember, God, it's been so long since I saw it. Um, it's the 80s. I mean, it's, it's just an action film. The 80s. I mean, you have, you have a very big star, though, right? Like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's go 8 million? Close. 15. Okay. And by close, Half. I just didn't get the actor's salary in there. Yeah. Now, <laughs> what do you think this movie made? Oh, my God. Um... And whatever you're thinking, add another hundred thousand. <laughs> hundred million, you mean? Oh yeah, hundred million. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, I was thinking a hundred. Did it make two hundred million? Two hundred and thirty-four for nineteen eighty-four, dude. Um, they did good, and for the budget, the highest-grossing film released in nineteen eighty-four. Wow. Yeah. Well, we did it, guys. That's the end of the. That's the end of the nineteen eighty-fours. We can't. How you top that? <laughs> you, you can't. <laughs> You can't. You're gonna get a lot of. Uh, you're gonna get a lot of uh, probably highest grossing one of the highest grossing films of, of you know 1984, but maybe not the highest grossing. Film. Yeah, wild. Uh, fun fact, by the way, Beverly Hills Cop: Colon Axel Foley is set to be released on Netflix next year or this year. Oh, we'll see. We'll see how Netflix how they do. But they're trans transition to password sharing crackdown but the movie apparently is bringing back the entire cast like eddie murphy judge reinhold like That's Bronson Pitch- yeah it's basically he comes back to la <laughs> i mean it's one of those things where like i can i can both be excited for it and happy that they're doing that and also just be like you know make that face at the studio that because they're just i mean what are they doing but they just they just remake and and, and continue everything is the but but I but will I'm excited for that. Uh, but I will say this, and, and the reason why I, I mentioned that is because of the next movie we're going to talk about and what's happened in that movie in the last couple of years, The Karate Kid, 1984. So uh, written by Robert K. Kamen and directed by John um, G. John G., huh? So Robert is, uh, is the screenwriter. Um, he did the, the entire franchise for The Karate Kid. As well as he collaborated with uh, French filmmaker Luc Besson, as we all know, Leon the Professional, Luc Besson. With him, he uh, he did The Fifth Element, uh, The oh. Transporter, and The Taken franchise. Okay. Yeah. So as we all know, The Karate Kid stars Ralph Macchio, Pat Morita, Elizabeth Shue, and William Zapka. $90 million movie, Gabe. That's how much it made. How much do you think it costs to make? Again, think of this movie. It's a karate movie. No special effects. No explosions. Yeah. I just don't know how big any of the actors were at the time. But I don't oh, think any that, of them no, were that. None of them. This had to be like like $7 million, $5 million, somewhere. Very close. $8 million. There we go. $8 million goes on to make $90 million. It's another. It's another good one. You know, I've never seen uh, the entirety of that movie. 
I don't think I've seen the whole thing. I feel so. Here's the funny thing. I have. I, I know I've seen the whole thing at least once or twice. But then sometimes I'll watch a scene and I'm like, was that one, two, or three? Because <laughs> certain scenes are iconic, like uh, the, yeah, yeah, the, the yeah. Halloween costume, you know, like the the kick, the you know, all yeah. those. Um, but the, I know that I, I sometimes get him confused a little bit. Now I will say this: we were talking about you know how we feel about movies mm -hmm. and TV and TV shows making a comeback. I have watched four seasons of Cobra Kai, the remake, or the the continuation of the film. It's really yeah, yeah. it's campy. It's t it's for teenagers, late teens. It's good though. It's really good. Is that Netflix? Yeah, that's Netflix. All four seasons, or did they offload All it? All four seasons. That's that's surprising because right? the classic is to do a max of three. Yeah. yeah. So like that means that that's one of the select few that they that they f feel is worth it to continue. But I think it's one I of just, those. I, I think the real. I, I honestly don't hate things coming back. Obviously, because there's certain things that I want more of. But like, I think the calculation and the math, it being all math, is what's obnoxious because it feels like a lot of it's not even passion. Like some of the people involved, obviously, but from the studio, they're just like, hmm. <laughs> if we resurrect, if we if we just like you know make the corpse dance a little, how long do you think we could shake money out of it? You know, and I think I was watching SNL and I was watching a skit that they had, and the skit was um, a big Hollywood game show quiz, right? <laughs> and uh, there's these three people on there, and they start the the show starts ask the or the skit starts asking them movies from the '80s, right? And then they get to like the twenty the twenty twenties. In this movie, you know, or like what's the most or the most watched Netflix streaming show? Go! And everybody's like, uh, "Can you give us a hint?" <laughs> you know, like they can like, and it caught it caught me in that moment of like, "Oh shit, I can name a bunch of movies and TV shows." from like up until 2010 but with the streaming now what what apple has what netflix has what hulu has you know what hbo has it's it's it would be difficult you know because i think they were talking about like some woman's latest movie and they're all like uh you know she's being nominated for an oscar the movie has made 27 million or oh, 27,000 dollars at the box office and they're like, that's not very good for an opening weekend. And they're like, it's been out for four months. You know, like the joke is basically there's so much stuff currently that there's yeah. it's impossible to, to keep up with. Yeah. But, but yeah, um, uh, so you saying that, I'm like, yeah, every streaming site currently has that person going, how much can we shake out of this skeleton? Except there's 20 skeletons going on at the same time. And you're like, bro, you know? Uh, yeah, no, it's it's uh, it's unfortunate, dude. That it's so uh, okay. Part of me like is like they're gonna bring back something great that I like, but then the other part of me is like it's going to be drowned out in the waves of other content coming out, and you're like, I'm gonna miss it, you know? Like I or it won't get its proper chance. Yeah, unless you, honestly, unless you like you earmark stuff, right? But I was uh, I I caught me off guard. So last. Like two years ago, dude, I, I was watching a really one of the best animated shows I've seen in the last 10 years called Primal. It's phenomenal. The storytelling is incredible. The same. I think it's the same guy who did uh, who did uh, Samurai Jack. But it's about a caveman and a dinosaur. And there is no spoken dialogue. I had heard of that. Yeah. That first season, dude, it is one of the best things I've seen in a long time. And, they, and then season two came out and I 
it, like I had missed it. it. It was not announced, or at least it wasn't announced in the in the media that I was following, and I completely missed that it was it, it was coming back for a second season. It, but it's one of those things. It just so much stuff is coming out from so many different um, uh, production companies. It's almost impossible to keep up unless it's a it's a big movie. It, everything else would get lost in the middle there. I always think about too how they track like how many people watch these things opening like immediately and in the initial first bit for the streaming stuff. Because I'm sure that's how they track like how interested, how much hype, and all that. And like I'm never part of that statistic. I'm so far behind. I'm trying to watch shit from like the last couple years and work my way through things. So unless something immediately gets to the top, like the Mandalorian season three will cut right to the top. Mm-hmm. Right. And I'll watch that. And, you know, I won't make it wait. But like you know. I'm sitting there thinking too. Oh, well, at some point, I'm going to start watching Willow and stuff. And like, you know, I'm not. I'm never part of the statistic that helps keep a thing going. Which, by the way, you you talked about Willow. I think four <laughs> episodes ago. Yeah, we're gonna. Uh, we'll see how long I can keep that going. That'll be the through line for this, you know, decade. Yeah. Next up, we have Gremlins. Came out in 1984, directed by John Dante and written by Chris Columbus. Chris Columbus, as we all know, was the person who brought us Home Alone, Home Alone 2, uh, Mrs. Doubtfire. He did a couple of the Harry Potter movies. Gremlins, as we know, it draws from the... Um, so when I was doing the research, it says that Gremlins were part of those little creatures that were found on during like the... I think it was during the Second World War. That, uh, that they were reported to have seen these little creatures on the wings of planes. And they're just little mischievous guys that are trying to take the planes down piece by piece. So apparently that's the story where it came from. And it's the story about this guy who gets this creature for a pet, happens to be a gremlin, spawns gremlins that are evil. And they just, you know, wreak havoc on this town on this Christmas Eve. I did not know this, or I forgot this, but Howie Mandel was the voice of Gizmo. Oh. Yeah. Uh, have you seen Gremlins? I have. You have? Both or just the first one? Just the first one. What do you think? Uh, I mean, it's it feels like a product of the 80s. It's a very it 80s movie. It's a very 80s movie. Okay. Well, they, thank you, Gabe. Moving on. <laughs> uh, speaking of one of the top grossing films of 1984... The seventh, to be exact, Footloose. Have you seen Footloose? I haven't. But you know which one it is, right? Yes. The story of a teenager from Chicago who moves to a small town where he attempts to overturn the ban on dancing. Can you imagine such a place? You know, the way things are nowadays, <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. I actually can. I mean, not- not where you live. <laughs> oh no no no! There's no dancing. Here. <laughs> I think it's a country mandate. No dancing. I think that's just a internalized trauma from the populace. Yeah. Somebody somebody in history there's, messed it up bad enough that everybody said no. We're just not doing. There's that. too collectively. Much, there's too much metal music here for dance music. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Kevin starring Kevin Bacon and John Lithgow. He is the minister who who basically talked the town into banning dancing because there was an accident because the kids had gone to a dance. No, no, no. (laughs) It wasn't a dancing accident game. (laughs) I'm trying to picture it. Like, hold on. You know, the great dance accident of 1983. 
It sounds like some stuff that would happen in like West Side Story or The Simpsons, where they'd be like, you know, everyone's like dancing and things are breaking, like they're breaking their hips because they're dancing too hard or something, you know? No, I thought some, I thought I thought you were gonna go into the whole like um, this uh, minister thought that West Side Story. <laughs> They thought West Side Story was a real thing that happened, and they, and they were just like, "No, no, we can't allow dancing. It creates gangs, and then they murder that's, each other." That's what, that is what happens. But yeah, I, I remember watching. I even watched the remake, by the way. I watched the remake of this film. Um, it was a fun film. Uh, Footloose, nothing great, nothing, nothing, you know, terrible about it. Uh, Eighty million dollars, though. That's a heck of a movie. Plus. It's known for its two hit songs, right? Footloose by Kenny Loggins, and uh, Let It Hear, uh, Let's Hear It for the Boys by Denise Williams, nominated for an Academy Award for Best Original Song. So not only was it one of the top-grossing films of 1984, also an Oscar-nominated uh, song for the movie. Uh, last movie, and this I don't remember much about it, but I just think it's funny. Bachelor Party. It's one of the movies that I'm pretty sure Tom Hanks would like us to forget that he was in. But it's a it's a movie that revolves around a bachelor party that a group of friends throw for their main character, Hanks, uh, the day before his wedding. And the, they are basically trying to test him to see if he'll remain faithful to his fiance. Just as, as good friends do. As good friends do. I am pretty sure... It hilarity ensued, and I'm sure that there are things in that movie that we probably could not redo nowadays. Just gonna probably out there. not. Uh, it sounds like. <laughs> sounds like it. Uh, I'm gonna assume you have not seen this movie. No. Okay. This is a movie that I wouldn't even say put on your list if you, if it's ever. It doesn't sound like it if you're would be. ever watching television in a place where there is no streaming and you have no internet. And it happens and no to be no control over what's on the television. Yes, and and bachelor party comes on, and you are, I don't know, maybe incapacitated in some way where you can only see like a hospital television. <laughs> yes, but they, it's in the it's in the sticks, so they don't get reception. Yeah, I would say I'm don't tracking. be don't be mad. Watch it. All right, first appearances, as we mentioned, uh, Johnny Depp in Nightmare on Elm Street, Colin Firth, Mister uh, Kingsman himself. In a movie called Another Country, Heather Graham made her debut appearance in uh, 1984 in a movie called Mrs. Sofell, and Seth Green, 1984. Look at that. I thought I had seen him young in like uh, Airborne in the 90s, so he must have been a kid actor, that Seth Green. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It must have been real, real young. Yeah. So yeah, first appearances. It's a hell of a year for movies, dude. I'm not going to lie. Having done the research and put the movies together, I mean, just this just this alone, dude. To have, to, for this episode to have Ghostbusters, Beverly Hills Cop, The Karate Kid, I mean, those three end up being 20 movies, I think, all together. Yeah. You know? Um, so, yeah, no, it's a, it's a heck of a year. It's a heck of a year. Uh, moving on to something old, something new. Gabe, what have you been up to in the last uh, week or two? Uh, the only media I really consumed was uh, background while doing paperwork. I watched uh, Wedding Crashers. Oh, okay. Interesting. Which I've seen before. Okay. Um, it's peak Vince Vaughn and Owen Wilson. So, like, you know, it's them being the characters they tend to be. Would you, is, is, it, is it peak? Because I, I was thinking old school would be like peak them but no but you're I right mean, though because old school had 
old school how Will Ferrell, and that dude just steals that entire movie. Yeah, they they relegate Will Ferrell to the corner in Wedding Crashers, and you just see him in a friggin' silk robe crashing funerals. So he, he doesn't get as much chance. And uh, Bradley Cooper's in in Wedding Crashers. Yeah. Right? A very young Bradley Cooper. He's the antagonist. Yes, that's right. He's a very preppy guy, very well. Um, and I also got uh, like halfway through uh, 21 Jump Street, uh, also as a background to my... The movie, the one with uh, Channing Tatum and Jonah Hill. Yes. That's actually a funny movie, dude. It is funny. It is a very funny movie. Okay. It is funny. All so, right. Uh, I I did some I, you know while I was tr- busily entering numbers into spreadsheets, I, I had some entertainment in the background. Nice, nice. I um I got into a new podcast called The Fuckery, uh, starring Leslie Jones and uh, and her friend Lenny. It's 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 fun. Like uh, Leslie Jones is a character, man. And um, yeah. And her her live tweeting and live commentary of like the things that you know like she did that with Seth Meyers with like um. Uh, the Game of Thrones one that was hilarious, um, and uh, and no, I think I so yeah, it's it's basically what you expect from her, her being loud and um and and just very honest. I I really enjoyed listening to those, um, and I like I like that they have a structure because I think the guy she does it with is a dude who likes scripts and he likes things to be in order. So when you listen, keep her on track. Yeah, yeah. So when yeah. you listen, you're going to get, you know what you're going to get and when you're going to get it. So I appreciate that about it. Um, another little film that I saw, bec- so after watching uh, Thor Love and Thunder, Christian Bale got back on my on my uh, radar, right? As, as uh, yeah. Gore. And then I watched Amsterdam and I was like, man, Christian Bale. And then I saw there's this movie on Netflix called The Pale Blue Eye. And mm. it's like a period piece from like 1850 or something or something like that. Yeah, I saw ads for it. Yeah, um, and it's about a detective. It's a detective story, detective noir story at a West Point uh, facility. But when I was watching it, uh, they introduced a character named Edgar Allan Poe, and I was like, "What the hell?" So I thought it was related to something Edgar Allan Poe, but no, the story just happens to take place at the exact same time that he was a cadet in that uh, in that uh, West Point um, military school. And the author of the book just threw him in there as a character. Like, he, if he was there and this happened then, most likely he would have been a part of it. Boom. It feels like uh, Assassin's Creed 2. Was there Graham Poe in that one too? <laughs> no, just that, that you have Da Vinci's just like hanging out, doing stuff, and like you're dealing with his inventions and stuff because you happen to be, you know, in the area doing doing stuff. Yeah, that's and basically feels like what it he was. would be doing. Yeah, that's basically what this was. I thought it was very interesting. A well done movie. I mean, it's just Christian, you know, Christian Bale being awesome. That's all. Uh, and then the last thing I watched this week was uh, now that Wakanda Forever is available on Disney Plus, I watched Wakanda Forever. What'd you think? I thought it was. I thought it so. A lot, a lot happened in that film. My God, so much technology, so much change. I really appreciated the Latino representation. I, I can't lie that, that I'm I'm biased in that sense where, you know, bef- uh, before Wakanda, there was Asgard and then there was Earth, right? Like those are the only planets or realms or, or people that have been really given. Yeah, distinct um, groups. Of yeah. People. And then I think they did really well with Wakanda, like, you know, having created this uh, this incredible nation. What I and and I like that they they tried doing the same for for Latinos right for for Namor and his people, 
But I think the only thing they did differently, which I was surprised, but at the same time glad for, was the the backstory, right, of of how um, the people, like his anger comes from his people being enslaved and, and that's why he hates what, what the land people, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought that was well done. I like that they kind of talked about mutants in a, in a certain way, you know, like he technically uh, is a mutant. Um, the wings I thought were done really well because at first I thought, wait, how? But the way he moves with them, they become almost like little um, little uh, bursts that, that, that allow him to almost not necessarily fly, but be able to move really fast except in the air. So I think I think the wings were, were actually done really well. I think that was really cool. But uh, and and you know what? Yeah, again, like I, I really I thought it was really cool how they gave how they gave them a, a a way for them to exist. They didn't kill him off, you know. Um, one of the things that I that I disliked about about Black Panther Part One was that they killed off, yeah. you know, that they killed off um, Killmonger. Cause but he still got to play a part. He did. He did. Um, I uh, I think that. I think that Ironheart was a bit of a throwaway, which I was a little upset about because I really thought there was kind of just in there with so much else going on. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. There was so much going on. Uh, And then I, it made me realize something like for a country that's so advanced and so peaceful, they sure do have a lot of artillery and military. They're very militant, you know, they're almost like the Spartans of the current uh, modern times, you know, like smart, uh, but very militant. Like they had an entire warship, and then at the same time, I was like, "Wait a minute! Nick Fury can have flying freaking fleets, and these guys helicarriers yeah, everywhere, and these guys can't." <laughs> Although the helicarriers did have a tendency to fall out of the sky an awful lot, to be fair, fall or get pushed down, Gabe. I mean, it just they got taken out. Just saying. I mean, but no, you take one, you put one guy with a frisbee, and all of a sudden they're falling out of the sky. I mean, Winter soldier, come on. I'd say it's more than one a average. One average American. <laughs> it's a frisbee. <laughs> it's a pretty freaking frisbee. It's a, it's, it's, a, it's an abnormally sized frisbee. Flashy. Also, he had help. He had a, he had he had little friends. He did have some friends. It's good to have friends. Yeah. Um. But yeah, no. So, but yeah, no. I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I'm. I. But I will tell you, like, it's. It's. It, I might watch it again, but it's, I'm on the fence because I, I just they just threw too much. They did too much. I'm sure I'll watch it again, given enough. Give me some time. Yeah, it did make me want to watch the first one again, though. Yeah, that that is true. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's pretty much the that's pretty much the week. Um, I actually I forgot there was one other thing that I consumed that I, that was actually very funny. Um, uh, I started watching Kunk on Earth. Never heard of it. So it's a mockumentary on Netflix. British uh, comedian uh, Diane Morgan plays Philomena Kunk. I've seen excerpts previously of her. I think this is a character that's existed because I, I follow uh, BBC on Facebook. Of course you do. And I see clips from various TV shows that I have no clue because it's in a completely different sphere of television than I than I generally consume. And I've seen her and she does these like deadpan interviews, with, like very serious, like professors and people that are experts in these subjects and she just asks like the dumbest questions <laughs> and then misconstrues what they say and deadpans it and so like you know it leaves them kind of like either like struggling or just like trying to answer her earnestly and so she's got a show now on netflix where she does like the history of the earth 
and like goes through antiquity and all this stuff and just going forward and and does the same thing to just a bunch of people oh wow and uh it's pretty funny like i mean i appreciate that kind of humor like i think it's funny already but uh yeah i watched like i don't know if it was like four episodes of that i think you know and we're uh i can't i can't we moved through like dawn of man middle ages the founding of america like we're up to like probably like i think we're like that maybe like the 18 1800s somewhere around there i think is where we are and it's but uh and it's going on chronological order yeah pretty much i mean she kind of speeds through some stuff but like you know or glosses over it's funny because she talks she built up in the episode about like the crusades and kind of the middle ages she talked a ton about like christianity and then she every time she tried to talk about muslim it said stuff like it would error out on the screen and it would be like you know the producers you know determined that we couldn't we couldn't say this oh wow <laughs> like they, to, they acted like they just weren't allowed to talk about it or show any imagery so um, i i know her from uh the, her work with ricky gervais in uh Afterlife. yeah i know her from afterlife um okay okay interesting she is funny yeah no, it was funny. And again, I've seen, like I said, I think it's I think it's the same character. So it must have been from something else. And then she got a full-blown show. And I don't know enough. But like I've seen the clips previous to the show being a thing. I've heard like talking to people very seriously. Like, uh, And that seems to be a character she has, huh? Like she's done yeah. a few different like specials or some sort of thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. One of the clips I remember from Facebook is she's like, you know, um, King Arthur, you know, they say he, he came a lot. Do we know if it was more than an average man or if it... <laughs> And the expert like sat there for a minute and she's like, oh, he's from Camelot. Is that? And and she's like, well, the only oh, way I can answer that question no. is to tell you that he only had one child. And and so Philomena's like, oh, so it was probably sub average. That's funny. Yeah. So like and, and again, she deadpans it like she does not, you know, it's never. So, it, you know, the experts are just kind of a little bit like taken taken aback. You know, it's it's funny. OK, so, yeah, I'm looking at her Wikipedia. She's got. She's got a uh, Kunkan Shakespeare as a as a one time, and then she has Kunkan Britain, and it was six episodes, and then she has Kunkan Other Humans as another six episodes. <laughs> um. So, but yours is Kunkan Earth? Earth. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So that's not even it. Here it yet. like just came out um last year. Uh, when was its release? Okay. We... I, everything it's getting a bunch of press now so I, I think it was right towards the end of the year all right this is it's five episodes so i think i've seen four out of five and it was released september of uh in 22 september 19th all right cool thank you everybody for listening and we will see you next week